When a lot of us first heard of drones a couple of decades ago, it was about their use in military operations. Now, people use them to take photos of their neighbours or maybe even get pizzas delivered. But today on Occam's Razor, our soapbox for science, we're hearing from someone with a much more important and constructive use for drones. Here's Vanya Bozicic. Many of us take for granted just how easy it is to drive to your local health clinic and access all the medicines that we need. However, if you live in a remote community in Australia, the simple act of accessing medicines could mean that you have to drive three to five hours to reach your local health clinic. And even once you get there, there is no guarantee that you'll be able to access the full range of medicines that you need to treat your health condition. I've spent the last year of my research trying to understand the challenges that remote health clinics face in providing access to medicines for their patients. Imagine that you're a patient that comes from a remote community who has spent weeks away from their family, their home and their support network to undergo life-saving organ transplant. After spending weeks confined to the four walls of a hospital, enduring the poking and probing that comes with post-operative care, treatment and a strict medicine regime, you are finally given the all clear to go home to your remote community. However, after a gruelling day of travelling by car and air to reach your beloved home, you realise that you've misplaced the medication you need to be taking daily to stop your body from rejecting the organ it's been given. So the next day, you contact your remote health clinic, hoping and just expecting that you'll be able to just pick up the medication from them. But the health clinic does not have that medication in stock, not on that day. And what follows is a chain of complex events that involves healthcare staff at both the health clinic and the hospital racing against time to try to get the medication to you. They contact couriers, charter flight companies, and even other health teams to see if there's anybody that's traveling your way and that can bring the medication to you. However, you soon get the phone call that says that there is no logistical way to achieve this on that day. You are now faced with the choice of either having to fork out hundreds of dollars to charter a flight to get the medication to you, or be evacuated out of your community to receive the medication that you need. It is hard to fathom that in a country such as Australia, access to life-saving medicines so close to your home is still a privilege that is not bestowed on all people. The good news, though, is that we're not alone in this problem. Many countries across the world face similar challenges, and that's because one of the biggest bottlenecks to providing access to medicines in remote regions is having access to reliable and agile transport modes that can overcome the tyranny of distance and deliver medication in a timely manner. And the exciting thing is that scientists and industries are already putting their heads together to try to solve this problem. Uncrewed aircraft systems, or better known as drones, originally developed for war and combat, are now being utilised as technologies that can help us bridge the spatial gap in accessing life-saving medicines for some of the most isolated and remote communities in the world. Now, when I talk about cargo drones that are transporting medicines across vast landscapes, I definitely don't mean your Mavics and Phantoms that buzz above your head when you think you're all alone at the beach watching a beautiful sunset. 
And I definitely promise you that they're not being piloted by up and coming Instagram influencers. No, I mean drones that resemble miniature aircrafts with wingspans of three meters that weigh 25 kilograms and are piloted remotely to carry medical cargo across distances of 200 kilometers or more. And you may be surprised to hear that one of the largest and most successful drone delivery programs in the world is actually happening in Rwanda, a small developing country in Africa. Rwanda has some of the most difficult and mountainous terrains to traverse and a hot climate. It also has limited road infrastructure outside of major cities and poor supply chain network. This has made it difficult for people living in remote regions to access the most basic healthcare services. And it has also made it difficult for remote health clinics in the country to provide access to life-saving medicines for their patients. However, Silicon Valley-based company called Zipline has established a drone delivery program to address this challenge. Since 2016, Zipline has been using fixed wings drones to deliver medicines, vaccines and blood products to remote health clinics. Today, approximately 60% of Rwanda's national blood supply is delivered by drones. And half of this blood is being used to improve the survival rate of women suffering from post-birth hemorrhaging. So far, this program has improved access to healthcare to over 25 million people and reduced the average travel time of medicine supplies from three hours to a mere 30 minutes. Imagine what a difference this service would have made to our organ transplant patient. Since 2016, there has been a global expansion of companies and organisations delivering healthcare products using drones, including here in Australia. However, the most successful ones have flourished in countries across Africa, South America and Asia Pacific. So then why is it that this technology is making such leaps and bounds in developing countries, yet when we look up, we don't see them gliding across our skies delivering medicines to our remote communities? For society to integrate any new emerging technology into our everyday life, social acceptance plays a critical factor. Healthcare systems hold one of the highest social licence in our society. This means that we place great trust in new technologies that are integrated into our health system. So to continue to provide some of the best healthcare services in the world and have the high social licence to do so, Australia's healthcare system will put new health-related technologies under the toughest scrutiny regarding their safety and effectiveness, as well as their economic, ethical and social impacts. But what is currently limiting our ability to do so in Australia are policies and regulations that control where drones fly and what they can carry, as well as how we manage data security and information privacy. Research is also limited by the nature of short funding cycles and poor investment into long-term research programs that will provide the data that we need to answer these lingering questions. We also need to deal with the deep cultural stigma and concern regarding a technology that is still so strongly associated with war, surveillance and conflict. Unlike other technologies that can be tested and validated in controlled environments before they're rolled out into our society, long distance drones can only be tested and validated by flying them across our skies. This means that we can't avoid 
but making them visible features within our communities in order to understand the benefits and limitations of the technology in the long run. So how do we improve social acceptance of the technology and create a pathway forward for scientists to conduct the research that they need to? Well, the first step would probably be to accept the fact that we can't have our innovation cake and eat it too. The very nature of disruptive technologies is that they're meant to break rules. They're meant to challenge norms and they're meant to push boundaries. And we must create a place for them to do so. And as scientists, we must make sure that we take people on a journey with us. And I think there is an important lesson that we can learn here from the way developing countries have embraced and enabled this technology within their communities. In countries such as Malawi, Sierra Leone, and soon to be in India, changes to policies and regulations have allowed air corridors to be established above sparsely populated places for the purpose of safe drone testing and development. Furthermore, there has been a strong commitment by governments, private companies and investors to finance long-term drone delivery programs that will provide the data that we need to assess the long-term health benefits and limitations of the technology. Additionally, Organisations that run drone delivery programs have already invested resources and time into working with communities and healthcare providers to improve technology literacy and social licence. This has reduced community aversion to risk and increased acceptance of drones as a tool for public good. Australia is falling behind in the health drone innovation race. But there is significant opportunity for learning, innovation and breaking of glass ceilings so we can make up that time. As policymakers, we need to balance our risk-averse nature with the need to foster innovation. And as scientists, we need to work closely with stakeholders and communities to understand how emerging technologies can be best applied to address social challenges. This will allow us to shift away from a paradigm where we are simply passive receivers of the benefits of future technologies, towards a future where we are active innovators, invested in the development of new and life-changing technologies. Thank you. That was Vanya Bozjacic, a PhD candidate at Charles Darwin University, speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at Darwin Railway Club on Larrakia Country in July. I'm Tegan Taylor, your Occam's Razor host, and I'll be gliding back into your feed with another delivery of sciencey goodness next week. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.